Hi everyone, it's Jack from the pod here. Um, just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes. You know, and these are these are our opinions. Um, and it's yeah, it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight. So don't take this too seriously, um, and please keep that in mind when you're listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. I'm Hugh, and I'm here with Jack today for our fourth episode, Premier League Game Week 2. What have we got in store, Jack? Well, as usual, we're doing all of the matches, so we've got an absolute <laughs> whopper of an episode where we're going to soothe your ears for the next two to two and a half hours. Real dulcet tones. Yes, we did have quite a few comments saying it's too long, so we double down and we're going to make it longer. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't conform to peer pressure. No, exactly. You know, every team deserves the same exposure, apart from maybe Everton. They don't deserve much, I'll be honest. <laughs> no offence, Everton fans. It's a bit harsh. They need all the support they can get. Even as that a Liverpool fan. Come on, come on now. Kick a man when he's ooh, down and all that. Ooh, could be worse. Could be the other half of Nervous side, but hey. <laughs> um, so what have we got in store today, Jack? Well... We've got a really nice selection of matches. There are some that I enjoyed as a neutral and some that we're probably not going to have time to talk about that happened on Monday night. We'll see. We'll see if we've got time. Um, and then, you know, a couple of sort of contentious outside of outside of the playing stuff, um, some contentious moments, which we're going to touch on a little bit. You know, we don't shy away from these topics um, on this no. podcast. We face them head on and there is a big red elephant in the room that we need to address and will address in this pod um but tactically we're going to put it second so you have to stay and listen to the first game review (laughs) (laughs) that's that's true actually we might even put that absolute demolition of man united last you know just see how you stick around or you know what we're not going to tell you when it's coming so you can't skip to the end exactly surprise (laughs) (laughs) but first um let me ask you a question, Hugh. What do you think about Graham Souness and his comments? Because uh, he's a he's a Liverpool legend, so you'd think I'd be I'd be defending him, but I've learnt my lesson. I thought I thought it was I thought it was clumsy, but the lack of ownership and apology, it's double down, mate, and it's a bad look. The optics are very bad at the moment on it, and I mean, like, yeah, that was silly, especially sitting next to such a. Distinguished female athlete, yeah. you know, like the optics that are very bad. And that was that was bad from Graham. I didn't I didn't realise initially that Karen Carney was sitting right next to him in the studio. Exactly. Um, the look as thanks, well. Yeah, the look was bad. Thanks for starting on such a contentious issue, by the way. <laughs> I definitely needed that in episode four. Yep. I um <laughs> I'm gonna be really careful what I say here, because I don't want to get cancelled this early on in the series. I think but... episode five is gonna be a solo one, I can feel it. <laughs> Me and Graham are gonna get dropped. <laughs> I just think it's 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 a bit it's a lot about nothing, isn't it? That's my opinion. Come on, he said it used to be called, you know, the man's game. No, I didn't, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I got what he was trying to say and I didn't take it as an attack on women. I think as you say, it was just a clumsy kind of slip up from a man, clearly stuck in the past. And we all know Graham's stuck in the past anyway, right? Yeah. Um, that makes it no less oppressive, you know, me saying that. I just think there needs to be a bit of context applied. 
And also, haven't people got, like, way more important things to worry about, ultimately? Yeah, they do, but, you know, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff to worry about, but this is just the latest one. It's not... Yeah, he's definitely stuck in the past. He said some pretty ropey things before. I mean, he was obsessed with Paul Pogba for, like, the entire duration that Pogba was in England. For I no wonder reason. if that's it. I wonder if that's it. He's probably thinking, well, Pogba's gone. What do I do now? Yeah, I, I need to be sensational. Like. But, yeah, it's just... It's okay to say clumsy things, right? He's from a different era. I get that, but... He should also own it and be like, yeah, no, fair enough, that was my bad, I apologise. And then that would have been the end of it, you know? But yeah. by not by doubling down, I think he's putting himself at risk now and I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a commentator next season. You know, I think, they've moved yeah. a lot of people on in the past. Like Alan Hansen, do you remember him? Oh, God, yeah. You know, the kind of old guard and now it's kind of freshened up. There's more, much more diversity, so this might be... The beginning could of the be end. Yeah, it could be a swan song. I know what you mean. He does seem a little bit out of place these days in the Sky Studio lineup. Yeah, he's um, just that angry old man, mate, just shouting at the sun. Mm, mm, I still, I don't know. I, I don't know what this says about me, to be fair, but I do love a guy who just doubles down on, on his opinion anyway. Do you know what I mean? Just doesn't confirm, conform to the public pressure. Just thought, no, fuck it. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> there is I something mean, to be said for that kind of attitude, but I don't know if that says more about me than it does about Graham. Let's not delve into the you part. We, we don't want to open that can of worms this early. Um, but yeah, RIP Graham. It's been a pleasure, but yeah. Just got yeah to own it, own I it mean, my man. I think the real question you have to ask is where was Pogba in all of this? <laughs> Facts. If Pogba was still here, this would have never happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Bring Pogba back. Pogba exactly. back again, please. At least we could focus, Graham, when Pogba was here. It was a predictable piece. Now he's just lashing out at random. Yeah. I wonder what Karen's thoughts are. I wonder if she's addressed it yet. I have to look into that one. Yeah, it was, it was a bad look. He was pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. I mean, we, know, we know this about big, big Graham, don't we? So. Yeah. Yeah, let's just see how it plays out. He's probably going to quietly get dropped at the end of the season. You heard it here first on From the Back Seat. Mm-hmm. Where, as, we, as we're going to get through this podcast, you're going to realise a lot of those hot takes were just great insight. I mean, I don't think you can class them as hot anymore. At least a couple have come to fruition. They're just takes. They're not even a take. They might even be the truth. We need to get hotter, I think. We need to get... Yeah. But this is it. We're going to slip into sensationalism and we don't want that. We're just saying, you know, interesting things which happen to be accurate. Mystic Mac. Mm-hmm. So, let's get into the football. Um, I feel like Chelsea Tottenham is a nice place to start. Yeah, me too. Me too. There's quite a lot of interesting talking points from there. I'm going to go out, go on a limb and say there's probably one point that was probably the most interesting, and that was obviously uh, Tuchel versus Conte. What a showdown. There's only one question, and this, you know, friend of the pod... Joseph Doxy, you know, he, he mentioned this question, so we thought we'd air it. Who do you think would win in a fight out of the <laughs> two of them? For me, Conte, hands down. Hands down. Antonio would have him within two rounds. I would say it depends on the arena. If it was a boxing match, I think Tuchel would win because he's got the reach. And, you know, it's got to be above board. It's just about the arms, you know, he's got the reach. But I think if, if it was, like you know, snarling dog, that's what you know, I mean. Tuchel. Sort of broken bottles in a in a warehouse, no <laughs> like no rules or like hell in a cell. Then yeah, Conte's going to win for sure. Hell in a cell. Just depends. Yeah, it just depends on the format, really. See, I think Tommy Tuchel, he he talks a big talk, but I think push comes to shove, Conte batters him. I don't think 
look at him. He's so slim. I don't think, I don't think Tuchel can handle him, to be honest. Oh yeah, I, I think it depends on the format. My money would be on Conte, but in a boxing match, I think you know Tuchel would just jab him, jab him around the ring. Yeah, the tactics, isn't it? Yeah, just tire him out, tire him out, and then wait wind for the him big up, one. and then boom. It was a really fun little scrap between the two teams, wasn't it? It was. It was just, a great game from start to finish. I think that's where Graham slipped up. He saw that game and it rem- reminded him of the 90s. Yeah, the, the good like, old days. The passion the he, got, he got riled up, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a great game to watch. Um, it's, it was weird. You could almost say Tottenham didn't deserve it, but then I wouldn't want to say that Tottenham didn't deserve it because I feel like they did deserve it. I feel like they stole a point. They deserved it, yeah. but they stole it. Because I feel like, yeah, I think Chelsea were the best team. I think they were a lot more aggressive. They had control of the match for the majority. And both of the Tottenham girls were pretty contentious, I'd say. If they went against me, I'd be livid. Especially the second one. Yeah, Yeah, we'll come on to that. I agree. I I watched in disbelief as both of those goals were just given, to be honest. Um, I thought the first was the first. I thought the first goal was... um, a more legitimate goal than the second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first one was weird because it was definitely a foul and it looked like a foul. Yeah. But I've noticed know. the trend, like I noticed it watching other matches, that the referees are letting a lot more go than last season. There's a lot more... Yeah. Uh, I would honestly say there's a lot more fouls that are just allowed now because they're yeah. definitely fouls, but there seems to be degrees to it. But this is why I think, like, it got so kind of hostile and volatile, the, the atmosphere, because... You know, the game was running so quickly and they weren't stopping it for all these fouls. It naturally breaks it up. The tension, mm. You know what I mean? The tension just kept bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. Um, but yeah, I think walking away from that match, if you're a Chelsea fan, you're going to feel very hard done by. Yeah. Two points dropped. Yeah. Just because of the content, you know, the contentious nature of the two goals that Tottenham scored. I mean, yeah, the, the second goal is interesting because um, there's no legislation for pulling hair. Because I guess when they wrote the legislation... <laughs> all, all proper proper men you know they're just the short hair <laughs> short hair bald heads <laughs> so they didn't need it <laughs> is that is that really true yeah it so doesn't there's, constitute there's, as any type of foul there's no there's no specific wording about pulling hair it's just violent conduct Ooh, so that's bravo. why they didn't give it bravo Christian Romero obviously so the handbook that's what I mean the pitch, there's know. someone in Tottenham who's come down to the dressing room and gone lads we can get away with this one that cucarella just pull it just pull his hair mate it's totally fine <laughs> I wonder if we're going to see a shaved head Cucurella next week or if he's going to persevere with the locks. I'd like to see the odds on it. That'd be fun. Mm, that'd be a fun bet, wouldn't it? I think out of principle he's got to stick with it. But maybe maybe a top knot, you know. Yeah, something less pullable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, lessons learned. Two points dropped already for Chelsea at the bridge. Um, yeah, but that, that was a basic red for me, personally. That's what I thought. I thought at least they would have called it back like, for a foul with VAR. He's, 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 like, he's like yanked him down by his hair. Like If, if you grab if, someone by the throat... Yeah, the just, yeah exactly. That's a red, right? All so, day yeah, long. It does seem bizarre. and like Especially as they scored immediately after. You think as a ref, like, okay, maybe we should call that back. Yeah. Or at least get VAR to get involved. Or maybe VAR took a look. You know, well, I think to VAR took a look and they decided they don't, they don't have the... I don't have the capacity of... <laughs> 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 uh, yeah it was annoying wasn't it I mean it was a classic Harry Kane performance post pandemic Harry Kane which is just play absolute trash the whole game Yeah, and then score, score a goal right at the end yeah he was Harry Kane wait was it Harry Kane that scored I thought it was a own goal in the end was it Harry Kane I mean 
I I thought it was Harry Kane. It may have been given his own goal, but it definitely came off his head. Yeah, just because Harry Kane doesn't score in August, so that's a very bad sign for everyone. Yeah, he didn't look good yesterday, though. No, nah, he is. He's warming more, up, isn't he? He's he's getting yeah, going. He's lost that pace, though. Mm. He's more of a deep line forward now. Uh, yeah, obviously he, still lethal from from dead ball situations. He's beginning that transition, isn't he? Rooney went through mm. the same thing. Right, <laughs> he's from like out and out striker, sort of playmaker. Then before you know it, he's literally playing as a six. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But it was what I liked about this game. It was two two tacticians going up against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was yeah, like from Chelsea side. I know people were saying Chelsea had the more interesting tactics, but I think you got to give credit to, to Tottenham as well. They soaked up the pressure. They were happy from 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 the first minute not to have the ball. Yeah, they were just like take the ball, um, and they just hit him on the brakes. And you know that's that's a classic Conte team. Um, yeah, it was a bit lucky at the end, but I think overall two two was a fair result, really. I can't say I agree. Pretty sure I think Chelsea deserve to win. I feel pretty. I feel like they were very hard done by, but it is what it is. You know, they got they got done by unlucky and pretty bad refereeing decisions. But yeah, it happened. So they should have scored more goals, I guess. Well, this is it. You know, other than two goals, I don't think Chelsea created that much. No, you know? they are they are a defense first team, as we've said. Um, mm. They set up to frustrate, um, but yeah. I mean Havertz, like as a false nine, I think he's good. He's he's like he's kind of like Firmino, like he links things up really nicely. There's a there's like a classy elegance to him, but he's not Is that he good. At, yeah, he's not that good at scoring goals. Like he scores no. he scores goals, but not at the rate that you'd want. And he needs sort of goal scoring players around him. Um, so Mount and Sterling are going to have to do quite a lot of the burden and. Yeah, there was one yeah. chance where Reese James put in a peach of a cross on the right hand side, and he he should he should have scored with the volley. To be honest, he got yeah. good contact. He just didn't steer it in the right direction. Yeah, um, and I think that is like the small difference between being a successful false nine, so to speak. You've got to have that instinct as well, especially if he's going to be the man to carry Chelsea's attack this year. Which again, I don't think is going to happen. It's probably why they're chasing a striker in hindsight. Um, yeah, but he's he's a very good player. He's interesting, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's also a bit of a bastard. He just yeah. squares up to everyone. Have you noticed that? Yeah, so yeah, I do like that. He was he was quite riled up. I think maybe Reese James is their best finisher because he's on, oh. he's honestly he's a monster. He's on smoke, that man. That that goal just rifled it. Just rifled. It. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, with it. I swear it was straight down the middle, but he just it was just done so it with the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, done it with the eyes, and he kind of took it off the ground, but straight. You know, it didn't dip anything, but it was off the ground, so it went over the kind of keeper's leg. As he was going to the other side, so yeah, love Reese James to be honest. I think he's a fantastic player. What did you, what did you think about Ruben, Ruben Loftus Cheeks' kind of role in this game? I thought I thought it was confusing, but then I realised that Chelsea. It looks like they're playing three at the back, and he's playing like right wing back, but he definitely wasn't. He was definitely just playing in the middle or even yeah. on the right. Um, Chelsea formation definitely looked more like a four than a than a five. Yeah. I'm always surprised to see him, and I still don't know where he plays. Like, what is his he was best position? Really good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he knows, but he was really effective. Um, the way he plays football is so nice to watch. It's just, yeah, I just don't understand how he hasn't had more of a career. I know we spoke about him last week in the Chelsea pod. He's such a good player. I think people underrate how good he actually is. That, yeah, there was a point where I think he was the most highly rated youngster coming through. I think he was mm. just before the sort of the cascade happened, basically, and he was the one everyone was excited about. But yeah, just had bad luck of injuries, really, and then just not got 
enough games when he has been fit to sort of get a run together. Yeah. Probably, realistically, could have gone, or if he'd come through a slightly smaller team, he probably would have played some more minutes and then maybe got a big money move, but there's still time for him to come good. Because the thing is, he's phys- physically so big, right? But he's also so graceful on the ball. You know, yeah. footed easy to move. You think he's got everything, everything that a footballer really needs in terms of attributes. Yeah, just, just a bit fragile. Just a bit fragile. Maybe it's that. And maybe don't know his best role yet. As shown that he's playing a right wing back slash right CM slash agent of destroyer. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's a naughty right hand side though. Reese James and Loftus Cheek. Two mm-hmm. all round footballers. Two ballers. Two big yeah, boys. A lot of the problems came from came from that right hand side as well. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's yeah. that's where their goal came. It's a good goal. Um, let's talk about the first goal though. Like, come on now. That that was actually mental. That goal, like corner to the centre back, and he goes to the volley, oh and you God. just you just think, yeah. no, 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 don't oh. do that. He's just absolutely yeah. lashed it in. He's made me look well stupid last last week on the Chelsea pod saying he's going to take some time, no. Yeah. As soon as he lashed that in, I thought, all right, Caladou's here. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, Cucurella to Koulibaly, two new signings combined to score a goal. We, we, a re- really we know nice nothing. Goal. We know nothing. I hope we that's clear. You know, these are just opinions, and it's evident that we know nothing based on that. We said there the might be time, was, but no. The finish was emphatic. Yeah. It's a hard, hard technique to hit that across the ball and direct it towards the, the goal. <laughs> it's possible um, that he's now peaked because I don't know how I don't know how you I don't know how you carry on from here. The only way no. is down to score a volley from a corner in your first match like this is the peak. Mm, no, I agree. It's just a shame that they didn't win. That would yeah. have topped off one of the a, a debut to remember for both of them really because Kukurella gets the assist obviously. Mm-hmm. Dan Sterling got an assist as well for the Reese James goal so Ooh, yeah, yeah, right. Todd knows everything about football and we know nothing is the conclusion. Yeah. Todd's come in, he knows what he's doing. Um, and yeah, it's just starting to look like good signings. I mean, they looked like a really exciting team, Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah, actually. they did actually. I think I think we might have got caught up in the sort of bluster, thinking that they were going to struggle, forgetting that their team is actually unreal already. And they just basically need a striker, I'd say. They may not, maybe they don't even need a striker. Mm, they don't necessarily need one, but I think they'd be far better off with one, eh? Yeah, they've got more depth than I remembered, actually. There's a lot of players who just are there. Like Loftus Sheik, I forgot about him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one interesting discourse that I saw was that, you know, Chelsea played all of their new signings so far. Well, all of the the kind of ready ones, not not a uh, Carney Chocomaker, I think, not him, and not some of the, some of the other youngsters. But they had Koulibaly and they had Kukurea and they had Sterling, and the Spurs didn't start any of their new signings again. Considering they made like six or seven, Did they not? no, Are they didn't sure? again. Yeah, they brought on Richarlison and they brought on um, mm-hmm. who's that guy? Who's that? Perisic. Yeah, that's it. Basuma um, came on as well, I think later. On. Yeah, they brought them on, but you know, I had a hot take at the start of the season that they bought a lot of players, but I don't know if any of them improved their starting eleven, their squad players. And for me, when you're squad building, I feel like you're supposed to buy players that are better than what you have, and then sort you know of what you're saying push push the you know the ones that aren't as good into the squad rather than beef up the squad from the bottom you try and improve the top and push everything down a bit I would only say that Tottenham are in that weird situation where they have some top top players you're not I mean I know Harry Kane has some reservations about him but you still wouldn't be able to replace him with anyone better than him same for Son yeah same for Kulisevsky really mate Kulisevsky's unreal 
Like Yeah, he was a bit anonymous yesterday, but he's just a good player. Just you know? yeah, but just when he like touches the ball, you're like, he's gonna do something. No, he like caresses it. Yeah. He? He's awkward but silky. Oh, he's gonna be really good. And I'm a bit concerned about it. Probably him the most now. Like Son was anonymous really. Mm. Didn't do much yesterday. Um, probably a consequence of people just marking him. I guess Kulisevsky's more of an unknown quantity at this time. Yeah. But yeah, definitely one to watch and put in your FPL this season. Yeah. Agreed. And then the final point on the game that I thought was interesting was that they played Emerson Royale again at right wing back. Now, I just assumed that he was going to be gone because they got Mac Doxy, who was great at the end of last season, and they bought Jed Spence. So they have three right wing backs, and that's before Conte converts some random player into a right wing back. So, <laughs> like, maybe Jed Spence is not going to play. You know? It's not looking good. It's not looking good, Because Brent. he did... <laughs> he did hint that he was like... It wasn't my signing. It was a club. You know, the press conference. So... Yeah, that was always... That always stuck out as me. Because you know what Conte's like. He's a, he's a good communicator. He doesn't he doesn't hide it if he's not a fan. And it doesn't strike me like he really wanted Jed Spence. So the fact he's just putting Emerson Royale there. Who played well. Yeah. You know, maybe Conte's the man to resurrect his career. I'm seeing similarities to him with Victor Moses. Yeah, he, lo- he loves the project. He, lo- he loves it. Yeah, same, same sort of spec of a player. So. Yeah, mate, Inter, Ashley Young, he... you know, same kind of mould. Oh, is he still about? He is, isn't he, Ashley Young? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he is now. He might be a villa. I think he could be. I think he is. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, Emerson Royale, he looked quite good, though. He looked quite good. Yeah. I don't know. No, he was rubbish, no, yeah. he was rubbish last season, but he looks pretty good. I think Spurs as a whole, as a team, they look good. And I think I think that's what really stuck out. No offence, Man United fans, but you watched the game yesterday. Who These guys are meant to be your kind of competitors. And both of the teams played like a team. Like, they knew what the plan was. Like, they knew what their ethos was, what their style was. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be key going into the season because there's a lot of teams looking really organised. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Maybe that's what United needed, actually. They just needed... Conte to come in, say exactly how it is, you know, and just shake things mm. up a bit at Man United. Mm. You know, but Man United, what a mess. Let's move on to Brentford Man United. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's just say, well, let's let's put let's put like a, a ten minute cap on this, okay? Only because yeah. we're gonna do an actual pod all about them. Let's try and focus on the match if we can. Yeah, yeah. And not sounds good. Because yeah, there's a lot wrong. Let's start. We s- oh, yeah. Where do you want to start? No, should we start with Brentford? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I guess so. God, it's so hard, isn't it? Like it's such it a is. bad habit, but you just want to stick it in, don't you? Straight away, you like, just want to stick the knife. You want to get it, yeah. Let's be fair to to Brentford again. When I was talking about teams being organised, Brentford are more up there. They are up there, mm. and they look up for it, mate. They look so up for it this season, don't they? Yeah, they looked phenomenal. I was worried about them because they lost Ericsson and I don't know how you replace that, but mm. they're not they're not looking to replace it necessarily. They're kind of building around it and changing things a little bit. But yeah, they I thought they were fantastic. They were so relentless, they were so organised. Honestly, it just showed like the gap between having good players in a bad system and having a good system with kind of, you know, less talented but more dedicated pros. Bang on that. Bang on assessment that. That's exactly what we saw. Um, they just got pressed to death, didn't they, United? Yeah. They got pressed to death. It was... I know this is like awful to say as an Arsenal fan, but it was a bit sad. It, <laughs> actually... it, it was honestly... It was a bit sad at times. But, you know, Brentford made it happen. Like, 
they knew they watched the game last week against Brighton. Brighton just pressed them, and they they're trying mm. to play out from the back now, and it's not really their style. They don't really have anyone who can kind of do that properly, so they've got to learn it. So this will happen. This is part of a process. Yeah, and I do get that, but yeah, long way to go. Yeah, and no matter where you phrase it, going going down four 0 at half time to Brentford in your second game, it's not good enough. No, and that's coming from an Arsenal fan when we lost to Brentford in our first game of season two not last year. So I know full well how hard it is to play against Brentford. Um, yeah, we played them last season, drew three three. They they are at home. Tough. They're a really good yeah. team. They're dangerous. You know, they play on the break. Game. Like I mean that the counter attacking goal where the ball went up to Tony and he just played that, that ball oh, on the first time. That goal was mwah, chef's kiss. That was... Yeah. The way Tony controlled that, within, like, controlling it with his chest, he already got it on his left and just kind of swept it across to him. Yeah. Was it Brian or Bueno? And then it was summed up. Who wants it more? You know? It was honestly that simple. Bueno yeah. or Luke Shaw. And it, yeah, no contest. Oh, I mean, they looked electric. It was... It's another. One. It's a case like Brighton last week. Is like I can't even say if it was Brighton. Sorry, Brentford were extremely good. With Man United, were just really bad. I think yeah. I think there's some pretty easy things you can do against Man United that will trouble them. And Brentford and Brighton are actually quite similar clubs. Like they're smart. They're smart clubs. They do things differently. They have a good manager. Quite mm. progressive. They've got a defined system, so they don't need to kind of you know, constantly be tweaking, like, oh, what do we do? How do we do this? Or oh, who should play? Like other clubs, they know what they're going to do. They know how to execute and so they can focus on the kind of smaller marginal gains of it all. Um, yeah. But the set piece was pretty cool. Something a bit different again. So All their set pieces, you see the corner routine throughout the game, they all kind of huddle in the middle yeah. and then immediately all kind of go off to different positions. It, exa- it is a bit disorientating even for me as a viewer. So as a defender, you're like, who the hell am I picking up here? Yeah. And like you, um, you don't have time to work on that stuff if you need to, you know, work no, on the fundamentals. It. Yeah, this is it. This is, you know, Brentford are at that place where, you know, I think they've ran something like 15 kilometres collectively more than Manchester United. Yeah. Is, maybe it's as simple as you run more than the other team, you've got more chance of winning. I think that's what Thomas Frank said. Yeah, that's why, yeah, to be a truly elite team, you need to work as hard as, you know, all the teams and then have better quality. You Surely, like, United must have realised by now, like... It's just, oh, it's bewildering. And they're under management, sorry. No, I mean, you know what, I mean, I'm not even going to go into a rant about it. Let's just carry on talking about Brentford because they were fantastic. Yeah, they're um, really good. They've got Damsgaard coming in as well, who actually could be an Ericsson replacement. Similar profile player, um, a bit injury prone. But if he, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, you know. These are two yeah, Scandinavian yeah. players, a bit injury prone, you know, similar for very position. different reasons, but similar position, similar kind of profile. Both coming in with a sort of point to prove, I think. So maybe they have found a replacement. Yeah, I mean, by the looks of yesterday, they don't even need one. What was interesting is they actually targeted Christian Eriksen for that third goal. Yeah. Or maybe the second goal. I can't remember so many goals. Yeah, which second makes you goal, wonder, was it a mistake even playing him in the first place? Because they know him so well. They know what he can do. They've seen it. They coached it. Mm. But they also mm. know how you can get him. I mean, to get De Gea's got to take fault for the first two goals. Obviously the first one. It happens. Yeah. I almost don't think you can get too mad. Like, it happens. He's it he's happens. saved so many inevitable goals that he's got credit. Yeah, for that. yeah. I I'm not going to sit here and, and you know slander him just because he made a mistake there. The second one though, that's more of a concern because that pass was never wrong. Yeah, you know. Well, he's you not. You want to play out from the, the back. This is not him though, is it? Him. This is not his style. And 
I know, but he's got a nut up or shut up, unfortunately, because <laughs> this is the way it's going to go. Yeah, I just think you've got um, so many components that I'm sorry, Brentford fans, but you just get dragged into this mess. You got to talk about it at some point. I hope <laughs> I hope that was enough for you to digest. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Martinez, he's, you were right. I was right. I was right. right. You know, fluff of the summer shout in the first the first podcast we ever did. And he's looked really shaky. Like he, It was easy to get at him. He got bullied by Toadie, who literally said, I'm taller than him, so I knew I was going to win that header. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, and, and he's played two games, and they've conceded six goals. So it's like, uh, he's the only got, new piece. I know they're rubbish before. half time yeah. as well, and they didn't concede after that. Fair enough, probably don't concede after being 4-0 down. But Yeah. I was surprised Eric Ten Hag stuck with him, to be honest. I... I don't. I, I really yeah. think he needs a bedding in period where he needs to. Re- There's no way he should be putting up against Ben Mee in the second game when you're three 0 down, two 0 down. No, um, it's not a position he. He just doesn't look comfortable at the moment. He looks he not. Look he looks kind of like, you know, like when Mascherano got converted to a centre back, but it was Barcelona, mm. so it was fine. But you always yeah. knew that you could get him because he's quite small and he's a midfielder. That's basically what's happening here. Like Martinez is. I don't think he's a centre back. He's definitely not suitable. For like a team that panics as much as Man United, you can't just rely on him to just bail you out, you know. So yeah, no, he needs. No. I think he needs a move. Maybe he could play in the middle instead. You know, maybe he could play that six role instead of Ericsson. But yeah, yeah that was bad. Oh, it's because it's fifty-seven mil though. Yeah, you have to get that right. Well, yeah, and then Maguire. He was he was just shocking. Oh, Maguire! Oh, I really don't want to sit here and dump it on Maguire, but. He's the captain, right? Supposedly. But he's flapping around, causing panic amongst all his teammates. We've touched on this before, but it was evident again. Like, how can you get your positioning right if your captain is literally just running everywhere across that back line? Oh, I know. I know. Um, And then, like, for the goal that we were talking about with the break to Tony, he's literally standing, like, as a right winger. No man's And you're just like, you can see Tony. So you're not going to catch him. Like, get close to him. (laughs) Get close to him, bro. Honestly, oh, it, something needs to happen. They need to go to a back five. They need to replace either one of Maguire or Martinez. Honestly, just get Varane and Eric Bailly for the next one. Just make a point, like guys, this is shambolic. Yeah. What does Varane have to do? Back. Honestly. I, don't, I don't know. There must be something behind the scenes. Cause Varane is sure no, the, no the best centre-back they have by far. At least, yeah. you know, historically... I just think Harry Maguire also needs a break from, from the Manchester United team. I think they all need a break, mate. But they've had a bloody break, like everyone else. I mean, they need a break from Man United. They all need to get loaned out to just have a bit of feel-good uh, season. Honestly, it is start, like, for me, alarm bells are ringing now for United. I really think... Uh, it's not even clear what the fix is anymore. You can't say, oh, they need a midfielder, oh, they need a striker, they need a winger. They need... It's they like... Need, I don't know what they need. They don't know what they need. No one knows what they need at this point. It's not Frankie Dion. It's almost like they need a consultant to come in and just say all the things that aren't right and then just rip them all out. Ralph Rangnick. (laughs) Fuck. It's already (laughs) happened. And he he gave up. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. They fired him. Nope, not listening to that. Nope. Oh, man, there's... This is what I mean. They've, They've done everything. Like... It's got- we, we, we had like a very small microcosm of the same thing when Unai came in for a season and then all, all hell broke loose and then we were like, fuck it. You know, we, we fired half the scouting team. We yeah. got rid of Raul, the director of football. You know, you need a revamp and these guys just, they're just either willfully ignoring it 
or they're just really that inept. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just think it comes from the top. They're just not that bothered. As long as the money's coming in, in, t- in terms of dividends, they just don't yeah. really care. I mean, look, it's sad. Let's just stop trashing them. Yeah, we've got we got, we got to save some content, that. you know. So, um, Man United fans, say, I bet you're looking forward to that, mate. An yeah, hour do, of us just trashing Man United. Constructively, though. Cause, yeah, hopefully. It's hard not to get emotional, though. It's really weird if United, like... I don't know, like... For years when we grew up, for example, when me and Jack grew up, United were nailed on, always going to be at the, at the top, if not winning every year. You know, whenever they had an away game, it's like, well, they're going to win, so what can everyone else do? It was, it was a given. And to see where they are now, like, hate them or love them, the Premier League is better off with a strong United. Yeah. Um, and it's just getting sad. It's getting sad to watch now. I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I'm still taking some joy from it, but <laughs> it was it was embarrassing for sure. Because you just like you check the score and you're like, no, 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 no. Surely it doesn't not. Even surprise me anymore though. It's crazy. Like the standards have dropped so much. And I think the problem is as well is because it's been so long since Fergie left that I don't even think United's players even know what the, the United way is anymore. I think they, they need to. They need to yeah, marks. they need to bin that off. The the United way doesn't exist mm. anymore. No, it's like just just. Get a system in. I know Eric Ten Hag's trying to do it, but what have you been mate. doing all pre-season, mate? Because they look exactly the same. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they all get staged for it or something as soon as the pressure's on at this point. But there's there's real PTSD. As soon as that goal went in, you were like, they're not coming back from that. They're done. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's like the opposite to Man City where they have an aura and you're like, we're going to lose. It's like as soon as you score against Man United, you're like, we're going to win. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just... Second game in and it's not looking good. Yeah, but we'll leave it there on Man United for now. Well, I was going to ask you one more, one more thing before we move on. Eric Ten Hag, do you reckon when do you reckon he's going to last till Christmas? Because let me read out the next, the next sort of eight games. It's got Liverpool, Southampton, mm-hmm. Leicester, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Palace, Leeds, City, and Everton. God, I could see them losing all those games. <laughs> Currently, <laughs> I mean Southampton's probably the supposed easiest on paper, but you can see them pressing them high and, you know, causing mistakes. Leeds certainly will. Palace are tough. And then you've got big teams. So, how yes. many how many points by the end of November, Hugh? How many games is that? That's like five, six games? So, that, that'll, that'll take us to ten games. They've got zero points. Ten games. Liverpool, probably no points. Southampton... Okay, I'm just going to get so out of 24 because that's eight games. Yeah. They, Eric Ten Hag needs to deliver 15 points. 15 points, okay. Otherwise? I think, I think otherwise he's got to get the chop. <sighs> That'd be so brutal, but. Remember Frank De Boer? Shortest reign as a Premier League manager, five games, five losses. Like, mm. it's going the same way. That's a good point. If he, if he still has no points after Leicester, which will be game five. Maybe he is going to get the chop, which will be well, this is very it. unfair. Pressure, very unfair, but I mean the pressure is building. You're gonna, they're going to lose to Liverpool next week. I'm eighty nine percent sure of that. Yeah, it used to be a hundred um, until Monday. Yeah, now I'm starting <laughs> to get a bit worried about Liverpool as well. But we'll come on to that too. Um, but I don't see them getting any points off Liverpool and Leicester. They're a pretty good team, Leicester, and they will try as well, and they yeah. will find cracks in that. I think even four games, you know, the everything's going to come to a boiling point. It's not Eric Ten Hag's fault per se because 
the resentment against the Glazers has been building and building and building over a number of years. He just might be the full guy for when it all kind of culminates into this messy, yeah, and messy, messy six. And then they'll just be stuck in the same cycle. Another caretaker manager to the end of the season. No, I'd bring back Ollie. Honestly, <laughs> good vibes in. I wouldn't rule it out. Or Gary Neville, you know, talks a big game. Get him back. Yeah, you know what? And one more thing on it. Those pundits have just got sharp now. Yeah. Just doing more damage. I know it gets clicked, and I enjoy watching Gary Neville, Roy Keane get very irate about United too. But if they think it's helping in any way, you know, mm. they've just got to stop. Yeah, if they really love the club. They've just got to stop. I know it's their job, so they're not going to stop, but. They've got to. If they, you know, I don't think you can justify just bashing them every week. Like you're just killing them at this point. Yeah, it's not the same team that they played in at all. No, so stop trying to pretend it is. You know what I mean? Like it's twenty years ago, Gary. Shut up. Yeah. And yeah. On that bombshell, let's take a break. Sounds good. And we're back. How did that feel? Felt good, felt good. I've been listening to you do it a number of times and I just wanted to get myself in there. And it felt as good as I thought it would. I think you nailed it. I think I think you could probably do that more often moving forward. Maybe once before. I don't want to step on your toes. So. <laughs> I'm going to be redundant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll just switch up. We'll keep them guessing. Yeah. What have yeah. we got next, Jack? Well, as much as I'd love to talk about uh, Little Palace, I think it's only right we do Arsenal Leicester, <laughs> you know? I'm just going to hand yes. it over to you, mate. Take it yes. away. So, like I said before, we're going to win the league. Easy. Easy. Gabriel Jesus. Top, Christ, top scorer. Uh, reborn. Yeah. Yeah. Two goals, two assists, a marvellous performance, and a very happy, happy Emirates. He has arrived, hasn't he? That, that first goal was lovely. Immediately, oh. you're like sand wedge or like some sort of shot out of a bunker. Yeah. Just, it does feel like a goal shot. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, didn't see him do that for City very often, I have to say. No, that's true. He does seem... I mean, we all knew it was going to be a good signing. Made sense, good profile. And it has, like, mm. just one of those things that made perfect sense. And, yeah, seems like he might be a confidence player. And right now, Definitely. he looks very confident. So, I think the next few weeks are going to be very bountiful for him and for Arsenal. Yeah, well, we've got an easy run-in up until November. So, I think it's key that we get as many points on the board as possible to put as much pressure on yeah. whoever our rivals are going to be for that top four spot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a really nice place to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. Everyone's really happy. The Emirates is really loud. I don't think we've seen that before. You know, the players all look like they really want it. They understand the system. The signings have come in and slotted straight in. Well, the ones that have played, anyway. Yep. Um, and even William Saliba scoring his own goal. I think the nicest part of the whole game was he scored that own goal and the Arsenal fans did go silent for a couple of seconds, understandably. They started chanting his name, started you know getting on him, they started applauding him every time he touched the ball and then two minutes later we scored again. Let, I think if that, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if Granit Xhaka had scored that own goal? Oh. <laughs> oh. Dare I say it, the relationship between Granit and the fans may be improving. Now, people may not know this but I've long been an advocate for Granit Xhaka in the Arsenal team Jack you can verify that yeah. maybe two years now he's been against the tide since since forever I think and he's almost certainly wrong but he's you know he's doubled <laughs> down on it I've I've never shied away from it I think Big Granit makes us a better team when he's in the midfield and I think against Leicester he proved why we'll have to agree to disagree I I don't think he's very good personally I think you'd be a lot better if you got rid of him and got someone so else rude. 
He loves it, mate. He loves it as much as I love it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He loves it. You know, I don't care if he told the, the fans to F off. They deserve to F off. How are you going to boo him? Like, Would you say that you, you see a lot of your own personality in Granite? Maybe there's a lot more <laughs> to me in Granite than meets the eye. It could... It, something could be said about that. Yeah. And Granite, definitely want you on the pod at some point, mate. <laughs> Love that. I might have to sit that, that one out. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say anything that I'll regret and then him to just absolutely two-foot me. <laughs> Mate, he's not afraid to get in there. Uh, but on a serious note, he was really good. Like, he was excellent that game. Yeah. Assist, goal as well for Granite. He was uh, agent of chaos in the pitch. He was just doing... He was kind of doing what Ruben Loftus-Cheek did, but on the other side, mm. in the sense that he was just bombing forward, just getting these kind of far-post runs every time. Um, and that's kind of how the goal came from as well, his goal. Yeah, because I, I, I remember that being box. a feature previously of sort of having Granite as a left-back, but he wasn't really a left-back, and he would just sort mm. of run up and down that strip. Tierney as well. And they've got Zinchenko, so maybe it's sort of a... Like a double... I don't know, they're kind of like... Yeah, they're both wing-backs, if you know what I mean. Zinchenko comes inside to Granite's position. We go to a back three, Ben White, obviously at right-back. And then Granite just goes forward. Yeah. And no one's, no one's picking him up. Which is great. Um, and I think he's really enjoying the role. I think we're playing him more like how he plays for the Swiss national team. Um, you know, like I think six years in, we, we finally realised he's actually not a defensive midfielder. Yeah, it's, that's very good. Because, yeah, he does not have the discipline for that at all. No. He also hasn't got the pace and he can't tackle. <laughs> so, definitely wasn't a great choice for defensive yeah. midfielder. But we only tried it for six years. Yeah. So Didn't think to question it. Wasn't wasted. Didn't no. think to get another one. No, 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 no. no. Even when party came, it was like, nope. Jack is our defensive mid. <laughs> um, but yeah, just honestly, I went into that game just feeling really. Oh, I really was hopeful. You know, yeah. usually like you go into a game against Leicester, and you're like, oh, could be tough. You know, they are our bogey team. And I think this year, like, I think we're going to get a top four, man. I think league title challenge is definitely out of our grasp, but. With the team that we've got, if we can keep the energy up and the belief up, and you know, I think the, the that own goal was a big thing because maybe we would have folded before two one. Suddenly, they're back in the game. We just fucked it ourselves. Also, can I just say Ramsdale's at fault for both of the goals? It wasn't really Saliba's fault. Yeah, I have to say yeah, Ram, um, Ramsdale's had a shaky start. He's, yeah, you touched it last week. He's, he's, he's continuing. Yeah, had moments and yeah, you don't know what he was doing for that own goal. Why was he rushing out like that? He no, have just I don't know. Where he was. And so, yeah, one one to watch over the coming weeks. Ramsdale mm. may drop some points on his own at some point, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he was lucky. He was lucky that we just looked up for it. Yeah. Um, However, as a neutral, I didn't feel like Arsenal weren't ever in control. I agree. I just felt like Arsenal were going to we win in it. Control. Like, yeah. you were playing really well. Even when they scored, it just felt like, you know, it was kind of a freak thing and you'd probably score another one. And you did, every time. Yeah, and I think everyone in the stadium believed that. I don't think anyone ever truly thought it was terminal, you know, like... And let's face it, if Mustafi three or four years ago had scored that own goal, it would have been booze, there would have been, mm-hmm. you know, a horrible atmosphere. It was, that would have it, fed it into was the very team. toxic, but now it is really positive. It's all pushing in one way. Um, and yeah, it was really nice, actually. And there was a really nice moment in the 85th minute where, where Saliba kind of... I don't think he did that much. He kind of... Leicester on the break, down the left-hand side with Patson Dakar. And Saliba kind of just covered him. And they had a little bit of contact, and I think Dakar just kind of fell over. It wasn't a foul. And Saliba just calmly collected the ball. And I think that was the biggest cheer of the afternoon. Yeah, Arsenal, um, Arsenal fans are very excited about Saliba. I mean, I, I get it. 
he looks good and you've had to wait a long time to see him so yeah I think everyone's so desperate for him to succeed though yeah I hope he, he I hope he knows that like not many other players will get that reception from Arsenal fans no I mean he <laughs> did come from Marseille really as well Marseille fans are extremely passionate so he's true. had a lot of love so needs to keep it up make him feel at home yeah the only question mark is would he sign a new contract but I think if we just keep playing him and he keeps receiving this love he'll have no reason not to yeah top four. I think yeah if, I think if he get top four and he's played most of the games I think he'll probably probably sign sign the ting mm. sign the ting Willie big Willie energy yeah so Danny Ward as Leicester's number one I found that quite strange because I assumed their other goalie would play because um, he I think he was on loan in the championship last season I haven't put his name in my notes, which is actually really shocking, so I apologise. But other other mysterious goalie at Leicester, it was generally assumed that he was going to be the number one, but it's Danny Ward, who's just come out of nowhere. Signed from Liverpool like three, four years ago for like 15 mil. Haven't seen him since, and now suddenly he's playing in the Prem, which, I don't know, man. That feels, that feels like a lot of pressure to put on him, and no one really knows yeah. how good he could be, because he was, he was once highly rated, but... You know, usually when Liverpool sell someone who's not getting in the team, they don't tend to go on to do an awful lot. And they certainly don't reach the heights, you know, expected. So for Leicester's aspirations, I feel like maybe he's not the guy. But yeah, it's just interesting to go from Cashman Smichael to him. Just it Almost it sums up Leicester at the moment, I'd say. You know, they look a little bit like a shadow of themselves and feels like they're at the end of their cycle now. Um, and it yeah. could get worse. Yeah desperately need some new signings just to inject a bit of energy into the team that's looking a bit lethargic what's weird about Danny Ward is I didn't even know Casper Schmeichel had left yeah oh, mate he's gone, he's gone to Nice where's Casper gone I didn't know this suddenly he's gone to Nice last week I, was, I feel like that's a bit weird he's a Leicester legend yeah if he wanted to stay surely you would keep him well Nice have a lot of they have a lot of cash now and also it's Nice. No offence, yeah, okay, Leicester. Fair enough, yeah, so, fair enough. as a 35-year-old yeah, yeah. who's done his tenure at Leicester... Won it all as well, really. Just wants to go have a, a Nice lavish lifestyle. Nice. Oh! Let that marinate. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah. I don't know. He looked rubbish, Danny Ward. And I'm not going to say I've seen him ever before, but he flapped at one that caused a goal. And, you know generally looked uncomfortable which emanated to the defence well he's barely he's barely played mate this is what I mean he's barely played like he's Wales number one but that's basically all of his games every season so yeah in which case maybe it was just kind of good timing for us to play him because I think it would have been a much tighter game had you know the goalie felt 100% confident because he didn't look very confident at all yeah it was definitely a good time to play Leicester I think the only way is up for them I would assume Mm. they're generally a well run club there's something going on there for sure I love an all or nothing about Leicester right now because there's something going yeah. on. Yeah, I just think the money's dried up, or they're just not willing to invest as much post pandemic. And well, this is it. The money hasn't even dried up. Like there was a, there was some sort of report on the Athletic. Please buy us. Um, there was some sort of report on the Athletic. Um, well, yeah, they were comparing sort of like profit and loss and general debt. And Leicester were like, I think they were top. So they're actually in the healthiest financial position of anyone in the league in terms of sort of debt and money. So well, that's weird. That just makes Brendan, it weirder. Yeah, Brendan's adamant. You know, he's like, I understand there's no money in the bank, and I know these owners have done so much for the club. Yeah, um, I think so this is a situation we're in, and this is what we have to do. I think it's been it's been allocated a lot of it. I think they're getting a, a lot of kind of facilities improved. But mm. yeah, I don't think they're in a crisis financially. So it is interesting. 
Maybe they just want to consolidate the Premier League for a couple of years until their revenue is back up to where it was pre-pandemic, which is fair enough, because they are brilliant owners, and I know they care about the club. Yeah, that's um, true. Maybe, yeah, it's gains off the field to sort of take the club forward in a couple of years. Yeah, and the rebuild is coming. It doesn't matter who's the owner. Like, you look at that squad, the rebuild has to happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. Probably starts... One last thing yeah. on the game, though. Martinelli. Mate, Martinelli's a menace. Every time he plays the full, he's like the most dangerous player I've ever seen, and... He's, he's he's good. He's so good. He that fourth goal that he scored where he wins it at the halfway line. Yeah. Gets out of field and then receives it and just bangs it in. So we can ask for all for wide players. Yeah. Was, Front three's was looking nice. I mean, right now Saka is the the least exciting one, which is crazy. Main man know, for the last two years. A bit worried really. Didn't get a touch that game really. <laughs> but we know um, how good Saka is. So yeah, that front three is looking very nice and on current form, probably the third best front three in the league, I'd say, after Tottenham and City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Just for exciting. Yeah. Um, just some current form, though. nature of it. You know, yeah. It's not yeah. sensationalist. Just right now, if I had to play a one-off match, I'd probably go with them. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. What a uh, time to be a gooner. Which takes me, sadly, onto a front three who I've always thought, you know, were up there with the best. And they've made a few changes and Liverpool are no longer... Having a good time. <laughs> Liverpool Palace, yeah. Uh, I was watching that match yesterday and I was getting quite frustrated. And then quite excited, but then, again, just sad. Really frustrated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Nunes. All I'll say is, all I'll say is, mm-hmm. is Palace an easy game now, huh? Is it an easy game now? Babe, I never said Palace was an easy game. <laughs> yeah, that was for the other fans. <clears throat> I think the only easy game right now is Man United. <laughs> <laughs> which is convenient because they're who's next <laughs> yeah it's coming next yeah um, but yeah let's talk about the red cards I mean oh it's just so stupid wasn't it no complaints from that? me no like, you can't do that I thought in the first replay that Anderson had pushed him and was like you know people kind of like messing with you when you're a bit riled up to sort of get like Suarez would do or like Sergio Ramos would do and he's reacted but then I saw the extended replay and he's gone to nut him the first time, which is why Anderson's got annoyed and gone and pushed him. And then he's nutted him again. I think Darwin lost his head. He, he absolutely lost head. his head. I mean, he he's learnt a lot. James Milner was having none of it. Literally escorted him off the pitch like, get out of here, mate. What have you done? Don't make it worse, but yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it's not even like you were winning at that point. You were losing, weren't you? We honestly play better after going down to 10. We have some issues at the moment. Honestly, I'm a bit worried for Liverpool. I said, didn't I? They, I worry that they're going to be a bit tired, and I, I would attribute you just look a bit jaded. The whole performance, yeah, is a bit. Mm. There's a slight toothlessness to us at the moment, which is slightly strange. Like the the sort of I know I know like when we play, most teams just sit back, right, and it's quite hard to break them down, but. We have a lot of shots, but none of them are like sort of clear-cut chances, really. They're all sort of snapshots yeah, or sort yeah. of frustrated shots. doesn't feel Our like chance. we're coming with a direct route to goal. It's sort of we're looking for something a little bit random or, you know, a set-piece kind of thing. Do you know what I think it could be? And I agree with that. But I don't think it's down to Liverpool necessarily changing how they play. I think it's the opposite in the sense that since Klopp's come in, and Liverpool had that success from about three or four years ago where they really started competing. I think every team's actually just kind of copied the blueprints. Mm. Now everyone presses really hard. Now everyone has a high line. Now everyone 
like everyone plays a very similar game to City and Liverpool now. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, you know, it's just not as effective because everyone's doing it now. It's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but it is interesting that, you know, for so long Liverpool were the kind of bastions of, of that style of play. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, at... that was our competitive edge, wasn't it? To just be the fittest team by far. And, you know, one of the most talented, but by far the most physical. So we just dominate teams by being just fitter and better. Yeah, you just drown them in pressure. But then look at Brentford United, where you could argue that the performance was very similar, Brentford, from the, when you went to Old Trafford last year. Yep, yep. Just applying, uh, you know, an unfathomable amount of pressure and then watching everything crumble. So I don't know, for sure. It's just what I kind of observed watching the game. I thought Crystal Palace are playing a very similar game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'll get back to Liverpool. But yeah, Palace Palace were really good. Like They were solid, they are well-drilled. They had real threat as well on the counter-attack. Like, this is something that has bugged me a few times. Like, I get the high line from Liverpool, but it is, I think it's the highest line I've seen of any team in recent years. Nat Phillips can't play a high line. Yeah, and you are always just one long ball away from danger. And I feel like there's probably a slightly better balance to take because by condensing the pitch so much into basically one half, mm. we can't really get through because our whole team's in the pitch. We almost want to let them onto us a little bit more to create a bit more space so I feel like we're almost condensing it so much we're causing problems in attack now as opposed to squeezing them because yeah funny a bit hard to get through at the moment yeah yeah it doesn't help that Salah's looking a little bit off the boil I think he's almost trying to overcompensate for how bad not how bad but you know he's trying to be the main man as he always is but it's not natural anymore he's kind of forcing it Um, yeah he needs to just get in his groove doesn't he yeah, which he will. Yeah. yeah. Salah, he will. I do feel Van Dyke could have done better for the goal. He kind of slows down as he gets to Wilf. I feel like if he'd just gone charging him with a slide, he probably could have got it. Yeah, potentially. I mean, yeah, he wasn't great against Fulham and we expect him to be imperious. So mm. maybe the first slight dip in form for him since he joined, which is fair. Yeah, I mean, it was Phillips' mistake. You know, Phillips was hoping for an offside that never came, so he had to like sprint back and cover Phillips. But also, where did Nat Phillips come from starting the game? That was that was very rogue. I wasn't expecting that. I'm assuming there was an injury to Matip. Yeah, but, but Gomez came on for him in the like sixty minutes. So Gomez was obviously maybe not fit mm. enough for the whole game, but you would prefer Gomez up against Zaha and, and the rest. Of the yeah, so that was surprising. I didn't think Phillips was that bad, but you're asking a lot. Yeah, not that bad, but I mean, all it takes is, you know, if you're playing the high line, it just takes one ball and kind of lack of concentration for a moment. Yeah. And Zaha's away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had so much threat. I thought Zaha and Diaz were the two best players of the pitch, almost completely divided by halves. Like, Zaha was the best in the first half. He just stretched us so much and, like, we try and press him and he's wriggle away and then, boom, you're like, you're like one on one. He's such a good player. It's such a shame that he didn't get his big move. I'd love to see him in the Champions League because yeah. he's such a talented player. Yeah, he's he's so dangerous. His numbers don't do justice of what a good player he is. Um, no, I agree. He played a Benteke for three seasons. Like, do you know how many assists he should have? Yeah, exactly. That's a consequence of playing Benteke. Take nothing away from him. That finish as well yeah. wasn't easy. Um, and then it, yeah. he was really good. And then Diaz, second half, I thought was electric. Oh. Like After we went down to 10 men, he basically decided he was going to win this game on his own. Yeah, he got the bit between his teeth. He's the only yeah. one that was like really rolled his socks up. I felt like his goal yeah. was excellent. But again, it's like I was saying, like that's not a normal goal to go through like three people and no. then sort of score from the edge of the box on the turn. And he does try it a lot every game. 
Yeah, he's been trying it almost since he joined, and I think this is maybe the second time it's come off. The second time it's come off. I mean, it's an amazing goal. Yeah. Uh, but we can't rely on never... people to do things like that. There needs to exactly. be exactly. more penetration. That's like a bonus goal, you know? From having good players, you get that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he started with Nunes. Nunes did have that one chance, which he fluffed. Mm-hmm. It was a hard one, but he should have smacked it still. Yeah. Um, he didn't offer as much as I thought he would, because I, I was waiting for him to come on in the first match, and he changed it. But from the start, he didn't have as much impact as I was expecting. I'm wondering if he's probably more effective against tiring defences, which is probably fair enough. Maybe. Um, yeah, he's got some work to do. He's still young, though. You know. Yeah, um, he has work to do, but yeah. Just a pretty wild start, really. He's definitely going to leave an impression, that's for sure. Yeah, the red card, silly, silly. Is he, is he banned for three games? I imagine it was a straight red, wasn't it? Straight red, mate. So, yeah, games. three games. See, that's just... That is so stupid, that. Yeah. That would really frustrate me. But then, you know, Granit Xhaka still love him. So you take the good with the bad. It's just you haven't seen enough good yet. It's early days. I mean, at least he scored a goal and got an assist last, last week. At least he's not just come in and got a red card immediately. Nah, but in terms of how you want your home debut to go at Anfield, I'd say that is pretty low down. Yeah, that's not an ideal situation. But yeah. Um, no. What else? Liverpool midfield, Milner and Elliot. I don't think that's ideal. It's like, what you really want is someone in between those two in their prime. Instead, you've got, you know, uh, effervescent, but, you know, mature mm. James Milner and then Elliot, who's still learning. So midfield looks light on, yeah, on options at the moment. don't really know how Just, that's happened so quickly. You need to get a transfer in. Yeah. I really do think so. You know, had you won both your games, then the pressure's not there, but... You know, if you let's say you draw Man U next next Monday, and City win or Arsenal, Tottenham win as well, you're eleven. You're what? No, be, I can't do math. What am I trying to do? Six points behind. Three yeah, mate. Behind? Yeah, mate. We're four points behind already. Um, mate, if we lose to Man United next week, we're below them, which is crazy. Oh, it's a big game next week, but not for the reasons that we suspected. No, exactly. So. Yeah, pressure's pressure's mounting. Like this has not been a yeah. good start because both of these games on paper are hard games but winnable games. So you would, I really thought you'd beat Palace yesterday. Yeah. You needed to beat Palace yesterday just to take a bit of pressure yeah. off the full of the We did deserve it. We didn't look that good. No, I think draws fair result. Yeah, you know you look much better once you went down to ten men, which is yeah. a strange thing to say. Well, it's a weird thing. So we've conceded the first goal for the sixth game in a row now, which is a really bad trend. And it almost seems like we need to feel the pressure of being behind to actually get to that that level, you know. We can't just hit the ground running immediately for some reason. There's, I don't know what it is. Maybe there's like a subconscious complacency now because we just won so many games over the last few years that mm. you almost need the motivation of having to come back to really push it to the limit. I don't know, but... I do wonder if, like, the Premier League losing by a point last year and then... You know, Champions League final was a real punch to the gut. Or if the hangover effect is, is kind of still there. Yeah, maybe we've underestimated it. Maybe we needed, yeah, more fresh energy to sort of freshen things up. Because Yeah, and also, you know, the ghost of Sadio, Sadio mm. did feel like the left-hand side lacked a bit of energy. Like, it was all coming from Salah. So maybe that's where the unpredictability has kind of cooled off. Is, you know, Sadio offered a very different style on the left-hand side. And together, it was like yin and yang. Yeah. It was attack. Yeah, we'll see how that develops because yeah, he was our best player. Yeah, last season he was, he was second half of last season. My favorite of Liverpool's attackers. No offense, Mo. 
Yeah, no, mate, he's just, he's just very likeable and extremely good at football, so I get it. Yeah, so yeah, big, big week for United, for Liverpool in that game next Monday. Yeah, but well played Palace, like, very good team, very exciting team, like, the sort of front line is just like, almost very similar types of players, like, extremely tricky, interchangeable, very direct, mm-hmm. on on the counter-attack, they're going to cause a lot of problems. I mean, oh, they will. Yeah, Eze's a good player, isn't he? Yeah. Tricky, he can get out on a half turn. Yeah. They brought on that, was it Michel Olise? Olise? He's yeah. He's really good as well. He was causing problems. Yeah, they're definitely going through a profile um, post post Roy Hodgson. Yeah, and it couldn't be more different, really. No, no, but yeah, really exciting team to watch. Yeah. Um, so They'll be fine this year. A quick, a quick little thought from you before we move on. Um, Premier League, there's a lot of ex-midfield managers in the Premier League at the moment. You know, we've got Gerrard, you've got Lampard, you've got Vieira, you've got Arteta, yeah. got Guardiola, obviously, and then probably Scott Parker as well. There's probably yeah. more. There's quite a quite a growing trend of sort of young. I think Guardiola still counts as young, technically. Sort of young yeah. midfield managers, and is this because sort of all round midfielders from that era probably have the broadest range of skills and understanding because they do a bit of everything? So maybe they make better coaches or more rounded coaches. It's a good point. What, what kind of? I'm trying to think of like current coaches that played striker. Shevchenko is he still managing Ukraine? Yeah, and Thierry Henry, but didn't do very well, did he, Thierry? Not, not quite on the same level as like Vieira. I think Vieira's gone to a new level. That's a good point. We should look into that. Mm. Is there a trend? Because I think you're right. Like you probably would have the most understanding of a football game playing from the middle than say if you're a pure finisher like Henry. And they're all captains as well, so... Yeah, that's a really good point, and I don't know what the takeaway from that one is just yet. Arvid Ponder, that's... Yeah. Interesting, right? Mm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the inevitable result of the weekend. That's Man City Bournemouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's just say Kevin De Bruyne, what a player. He's going to win the league again, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah, he's actually so good. Like his goal so, was so good, oh, and the pass. It was it was filth. It was just filth. Oh, it's just it's like watching it's just watching like five D football. To be honest, it's just beyond what the rest of the league produces. Yeah, he is reminding everyone that he's the best player in the league still. Oh, mate! I almost feel like he doesn't get the the praise he deserves. I honestly think he's like. He's I like, think he's Ballon d'Or material, to be honest. Like, the yeah. guy is just insanely talented. He doesn't seem to have any weakness to his game anymore. Like, no. Even the way he runs, like, he's not the quickest, and he kind of like trundles, but it's just it's so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm trundling, but I'm still going to go through you, and then I'm going to absolutely bang it in the top quarter. Left foot, right foot, outside of the boot. Yeah, he's honestly, <laughs> oh, he's unbelievable. No, it's, yeah, what can you say about that? I mean, every, 4-0 against Bournemouth at home, you would absolutely expect that result. Yeah, Doesn't take away surprising. from how, how impressive they, they look. But this is it, like, Man City, you expect it, and they just do it. Like, I think this is almost why people get a bit bored of it, because there's no jeopardy anymore. No. The odds of no. it being 4-0 probably would have got you, like... A pound off a pound, you know, like two like to one. Two to one, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the sad thing about City. They are. It's almost a given. I know we Premier League fans like to slate other leagues, saying it's a you know other other leagues are a one. Yeah, one no, no, race, mate. We're, we're the Farmers League now, mate. We are. You know, like 
Four, four, lift four, four points behind, mate. It's over. It's over. I mean, never say never, but... It's, it's ominous. No, it's ominous, mate. <laughs> and the thing is, what's interesting about that game... Oh, I'm trying to stop saying the word interesting, but you have to let me off. Haaland only got nine touches that game. Yeah, still got an assist, though. This That's the key difference, isn't it? Because Lukaku was a walking meme after his seven-touch game, but if you get an assist, you can't really say anything. Almost scored as well. Probably should have scored. Yeah, and it was also to be fair, Phil could have laid him off early in the first half. Yeah, easy to happen, but didn't. So, I don't think it says much. It's just I'm trying to find something to say about City that isn't just overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, I mean, what's there's nothing to say that has already been said. They look good. It was a cl- yeah, classic City win. performance. They shared the goals. Midfield dominated, and they produced some spectacular football. Well done, City. Yeah, know? I don't even think they did anything overtly clever like against West Ham. They just were just yeah. Yeah, it was just, just really good. a class above Bournemouth, which was to be expected. I mean, let's touch on Bournemouth a little bit. How are you feeling for them? Uh, I I mean, I predicted they are going to go down, and I still think they look like the least prepared team um, to survive. Like, mm. I don't really know any of their players, Bar Solanke and Kiefer Moore. You know, like, maybe, maybe yeah, I've heard maybe. them in passing, but without, without being disingenuous, it doesn't make you wonder if they're, you know, Prem-level players that you know you'd want for a whole season if they make up basically your whole squad you feel like they need a couple more quality additions you know like a bed me someone like that of that kind of level I know he's gone now but you know what I mean like those kind of transfers like just a little bit of experience and like know-how um just a bit more quality maybe yeah I'm I'm concerned for them um I, I agree I think they're the least prepared for the Premier League season but they did beat Aston Villa and you can't really get take anything away against playing City away, to be honest. No, no, your chances, no. So it's honestly, guess, it's totally fine. It's it's sublime. Yeah, it's it's powerful. If anything, they're above expectations by getting that win over Villa. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's just see how it progresses for them. But yeah, um, yeah. My only uh, other takeaway was that Kiefer Moore, he's actually so big. He's he's such a unit. Doesn't score that many goals, but I did think maybe he could do the sort of. Dom Solanke, uh, not Dom Solanke, um, Rondon role. That you know, remember when Newcastle came up and Rondon was like playing on his own and just sort mm. of holding the ball up until everyone joined him. Well, maybe he might be able to do that and then sort of link up with Solanke, and that could be a good weapon for them to release the pressure. You know, hoof it to yeah. him. He just holds it up for a while. Yeah, what was he? Okay, so six foot four. Jesus Christ. That's yeah, he's there, dominant. And yeah, that could be an interesting outlet for them. Sort of play with a very, very classic two men up top. And then, yeah. Apologies, I've just dropped my microphone, which is not ideal. <laughs> okay. Um, so, apologies for that disturbance. It was Kiefer Moore. I was blown away by him. <laughs> <laughs> Almost fell off your chair. Oh, I just couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> Big lad. Um, final note, Bernardo Silva to Barcelona. Surely not. I'm going to put poo on that. That's just not happening. If that happens, I'm probably just going to stop watching football. Um, to quote Arsenal Fan TV about Barcelona, they just can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a scenario where he does sign and then he's not registered, so he just sits in Barcelona, you know, drinking coffee oh, and having a nice time. Just, does my bloody head in that. I just, it'd be balmy to sell yeah. him for less than 100 mil. But then this is to. their policy. If you want to go, go. I know, but I get it for fringe players like Jesus and Chenko that 
you can you can you can you know project this image out that's fine but if bernardo came to me and i was paired i'd be like bernardo you're not fucking leaving me no. he's so <laughs> good he's so good and like this if they were to let him go and don't replace him their squad's getting scarily thin yeah there were, there were injuries yeah there were names on the bench that i've never heard of you know there's yeah. a few youngsters you're aware of but there are a few more that i've never heard of so it is looking quite light so maybe that's maybe that's some hope you know that as the first team get a little more worn out they have to play some kids maybe they're not all wonder kids they might be they probably are but you can dream can't you yeah I mean they're probably going to fall us all and drop like 100 mil now on a couple more players to get in before closing the window can you imagine the scenes if out of nowhere Bellingham 100 mil oh that would be a stab to the heart I think I think I'd stop doing the podcast I think I'd need a break yeah no I'd just be like the pod would just be city win everything goodbye What, you know what, what I mean? we should do is just get buzzwords and just record that that section. We're, yeah, we're, how about, we're so salty, aren't we? We're actually so salty. I oh know. Our bias is really coming through here. Let's just move on quickly. Yeah. City, you did really well. 4 0 win. What can you say? Yeah. Bournemouth, no shame. Best, best of luck with next week's game. Um, yes. Aston Villa, Everton. Battle of the, the Gerard Lampard uh, reunion. You know, can they play together? Can they play against each other? <laughs> Gerard, mate, comes out on top as always. The big dog. Yeah, trust Gerard one. Lampy nil. Um, yeah, kind of par for the course again. You know, 2-1 was a very realistic result going into the game. Yeah, it felt like a game where they both desperately needed a win. And this almost decides who's probably more likely to get sacked now. Whoever won, whoever lost this game. Yeah, I, I actually just think Gerard's just got a slightly better squad. Yeah. To be honest, just more well-rounded. Well, also, depth. he's got cash. Everton have no money. Oh, Everton. It's all it's sunk. Got... It's all been sunk. I know. They've just got to... The owner's just got to call it quits, I think. Otherwise, he is in real risk of just running the club into the, into the championship, to be honest. Yeah. They are playing at, like, relegation candidates. They're just yeah. continuing last season, and it's a real worry, man. They look bad. They look so short of goal scorers. Like, it's crazy. Like, when you see Iwobi starting, you know, like, this yeah. is a guy who scored, like, one goal. One goal for Arsenal? Mm-hmm. One mm. goal, and then you got Rondon. Who run? This is not the old Rondon. This is no. This is like the. Is it post China Rondon? Well, this is obviously he's a Benitez signing. So yeah. If you want to play expansive football like Lampard, then you probably don't want Rondon leading the line. No, he's he's not the old Rondon. He's not a menace anymore. He's just. I think this he's just is slow. the real problem, right? There's a lot of legacy players at the club now. A bit like Man United, where you've got. A number of players from about three or four different managers. Mm-hmm. So how, it's not really a squad that any manager wants, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a real pickle, and they're just. I worry for them. I really do worry I, for them. I legit think they're going to go down at this point. I think it all depends. The whole season depends on um, Calvert Lewin, and whether he can come back, stay fit, and score goals. Because if he does, then you know they'll have like the best striker in the bottom half, easy. But if he continues to struggle for fitness, then. They are in so much trouble, but also I don't think you can pin it all on DCL. I think they, I think they have to. I think that's all I they, think can they have do. to. But I mean, I, I just, I don't think he's going to cope with that pressure. And I think they just need, yeah, they just need to buy some people. And they were, they were, they were strapped for cash last summer. I remember Damari Gray for like two mil. And, yeah, you know these kind of rogue signings. So not a great place. And I just, I've said it before, but I don't think Lampard's a man to, to, to lead them out of this battle. The, you almost yeah. need someone like Sean Sean Dyche, mate. It was a rumour for a while. Bring him back, I mate. could see it. Just make him solid at the back if you're fighting a relegation battle. And, and you're not scoring goals anyway. They've got Tarkovsky, so... 
I yeah, I actually think a couple more losses for Frank. You've just got to cut cut your losses, get rid. Honestly, that would be so sensible. Mm. I can see that. Mm. Then you still Watford and just get in early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a uh, here's a rogue transfer for you, Danny Ings to Everton. They need a striker. He's he's got a good goal, but he doesn't work with Watkins. I feel like Watkins will always win that battle in the end. Um, yeah, I do feel with Villa it's one or the other. You can't be playing both all season. And maybe you can rotate them, but I feel like Ings deserves a home to be first choice. And Everton need a goal scorer. I could see it. Won't happen because they're probably, you know, a bit too close to the table potentially. But then I thought... It won't happen, but it is a sensible transfer. Maybe I'm doing Ings a disservice. Maybe short-term solution, Man United or Chelsea. Because like, he scores goals just for a year, he just for this season, goals. you know. Until we can find maybe a more permanent option. You're going to get 15 goals out of him. He works hard. Like, I always thought he should have had a better crack at Liverpool, but, you know, both his knees went not his fault. Yeah, it wasn't his fault, that. It's bad timing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You could do a job for Chelsea or Man U, actually. Yeah. Um, But he's just going to get overlooked, isn't he? Just too sensible, too logical. Do you know what I mean? Maybe Villa don't want to sell. Yeah. I'd rather have Danny Ings over Aubameyang. And I'd definitely rather have Danny Ings over Martial. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. You always wonder why don't they just look down a bit? Yeah, you know, big clubs they don't have to go for these. Like Morata, Morata at Ings. Be honest, if you're United, you probably take Ings. Yeah, you would. You think you want Morata until he costs like seventy mil and then he scores ten goals. Yeah, but if you if you could take either of them on a loan, for example, Danny Ings's wages are going to be like half of Morata's. Yeah. And you know Ings is pro- not proven quality, but he can score in the league if you give him the chances. Like, he's done it at Southampton. He's done it relatively at Everton, um, Aston Villa. Do you know what, mate? I've got it. Perfect, perfect, perfect transfer, Brighton. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Because I heard Mal pays off to Nottingham Forest, so they definitely do need one. Because they want someone who works, works their socks off, like Welbeck, but he also scores goals. So they don't lose anything, but they gain like 10 goals across the season. Unfortunately, mate, these the, these suggestions are just too sensible, so it's just not going to happen. <sighs> of course they are. <laughs> Inbound Morata, 80 mil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I, honestly, the mind boggles who Man United might be linked with next. Because after Arnautovic, I just don't know. Oh, and Rabio as well. It's like they're trying to get the most toxic squad together as possible. <laughs> yeah, literally. They're going to get Roy Keane back as temporary manager after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for the man you pod. Save it. It's yeah, we gotta do. save it. It's, oh, it's just so hard to not, so hard to not talk about them. Can't wait to get that one on. Yeah. Naughty. Um, final point on that game. Coutinho becoming a bit of a. This is the phrase an albatross around Giles' <laughs> neck. Is that a real phrase or not? I don't know. <clears throat> I have used. I have heard the word albatross be used in a football context before. Yeah. Let's just say it's, he's becoming like a, a, a heavy burden for Gerard, I think, because he's not really doing it and Buendia looked a lot better. And as we said last week, they're very, very similar players. So when you spend yeah. a lot of money on a guy that you didn't really need, but you really wanted, and then the guy who he replaced starts being better, that's going to be an expensive problem. So I imagine Coutinho's on pretty decent money. Equally, though, something to be said for... He brings a high-class performing person, that was a really way of describing a player, into you know, a position. That's going to raise the competition for all of them. So maybe Wendy's improvement is directly linked to Coutinho arriving. I don't know. So it's just a very expensive stick, basically. Yeah, 
You know, footballers are like these days. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a very optimistic view. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Coutinho, though. You know, like, were we really kidding ourselves that he was going to be the world beater he was at Liverpool? I just... Oh, I don't know, I man. I never thought that would be the case. You can dream, though, can't you? I mean... Oh, God, gotcha. yeah. God, gotcha. yeah. And he did look good on loan, but... Yeah. Oh, so maybe it's down to his mindset now. Yeah. Maybe it was maybe it's because he was earning a move and then he's got it. Because I remember I mean. uh, Joe Willock I mean. was like the best midfielder in the league for like that loan at Newcastle. And I don't think he's scored any goals since. Maybe like one or two, but he scored like seven games in a row. No, I know. It's the power know, of the loan, you know. It's in guard at West Ham. Mm, true that. Don't sign your loan players permanently. It's all no, lies. No, no. We'll add that to our list of suggestions for executives. Sorry, took me ages to figure out the words there. Bournemouth, mate, they've dodged a bullet of Ericsson. They got him <laughs> at his peak, you know? Yeah, now Man United have got... Yeah, they've got... Budget Ericsson. Yeah, right? they've got a complacent version. <laughs> complacent Christian. That's so good. But you know what? Let's have a think about that going forwards. See if there are any other, like, six-month loans where they perform really well and then look at their performance next year because you're right. There's a trend there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm. maybe we'll do a special on a couple of trends. We'll actually... We'll get some bloody facts, guys. We'll get some data, yeah, some facts. Yeah, that'd be good. And then you can the impress everyone with your data. knowledge. Yes. And you know, if you've got any suggestions and other loans that have, have come good and then when gone permanent, gone bad, let us know. Yeah, get us on Twitter, from the backseat, football podcast on Twitter. Or just Plug. text us, because we know, we know we're mostly friends at this point. It's mostly friends, this thing. you got my number. <laughs> just, just text yeah. me, you know, don't be shy. Just, just send man. us a WhatsApp. <laughs> any, any improvements are always welcome, guys. <laughs> And uh, mum, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> Thanks for all the plays. We know it's you. <laughs> all right, on to Forest West Ham, and then we're going to take a break. Forest still buying players. When will it stop? Will it ever stop? My on, understanding. Man. Well, yeah, they've got Remo Remo Freuler from Leipzig or Salzburg, I think, or from you know what. From a team, from definitely from a team that's played they in the Champions so many, League. Haven't they? It's it's hard to keep track. They've yeah. essentially got a whole new eleven. You know what? It, um, it was from Atlanta. It's from Atalanta. Nice. Um, Manuel Dennis rumours. I feel that's a really good signing. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why anyone hasn't bought him yet. No, no. He's he was good for Watford last year actually. Man United. Hello, Manuel Dennis. They got Igalo. Yeah. They've got previous. They love Watford strikers. They've done it. I don't know what what they're up to. I don't know what they're up to. Sensible transfers for them is just... Yeah. It's not a thing. We should do Anyway. Yeah, sorry. It's hard. Stop shoehorning them in, I know. But it's I think hard, Forrest <laughs> got 13 new players now, which is honestly crazy. Don't even think they're yeah. done. So I know this is a really kind of bad comparison, but on Football Manager, they warn you not to bring in too many players in one window. <laughs> and how does that go, generally? Generally speaking, not great. The team cohesion and dynamics aren't there, mm. but they did win yesterday. It was a very scrappy win. West Ham missed a pen. Awful pen from Declan Rice, can I add? Yeah. Um, disallowed goal for West Ham as well, so you can't really class it as a comfortable win for Forrest. I think it was a very lucky win. I think West Ham were really unlucky. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they scored. The goal was disallowed for Yeah. what was probably a foul, but it was more like the theatrics of it, like... Antonio's a big lad, so him running into someone and then waving his arms like, what would you want? Yeah, you know, he didn't help he drawn, himself. He's drawn a lot of attention to it, you know? 
on the replay, it didn't look great. You can understand why a foul was given, but yeah, the defender did choose just to stand there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those decisions that will either go with you or go against you. And you know, West Ham, it went against you, and you yeah. can't be too upset about that. No, I think West Ham are very lucky, but a good win for Forest, you know. So, first goal for Awani, Awani. Yeah, Awani, Awani. Yeah, it's thrown me. Uh, a new goal, first goal for him. Yeah. Um, it was pretty scrappy. Yeah, Shin, but they all shinned it. I shinned think. it, but you could have shinned it wide. I've seen it happen. So yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just well best done, to Forrest. just get it done. Is um, that their first goal back in the Prem? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, because they played Newcastle last week. Oh wait, did they score last week? No, I think it was two 0 wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, first Prem. And also, uh, their ground was pretty loud, so it's a good addition yeah. to the Prem. Good grounds. Um, yeah, it's good to see. Not sure about that kit with no sponsors though. Yeah, what do you know what the deal is with that? Do they just no, not have I a just, sponsor? I think they're just elected not to have one, but it kind of looks like a training kit. I'm not a big fan, actually. Why would they elect to not have one? What's the no. what's the reasoning? I hope it's not like a moral thing because but, give us a break, Forest. But yeah, couldn't they just you know do something like a, a charity then? I wonder if it was like a betting company that's like actually a bit shady and they've just rejected to have them on the sponsor. But no, I actually think they it was a decision not to have a sponsor this year, which. I can commend in some ways, but just make the kit look really nice then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do anything. You've got creative license in the middle of the kit. You could do, I could don't do know. a forest. Yeah. You could do... Yeah, you could do a forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not in design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forest, I'm available for marketing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know... I'm. I hope they stay up. They look solid enough. They rode their luck, but you need that in this league. And West Ham are a big scalp, so yeah, yeah. Commiserations, West Ham. But yeah, it just wasn't your day. On another day, you would have won no. that game two 0 easy. No, oh. Declan, stay behind for a bit of training on those penalties. That was shocking, my friend. Yeah, I mean, he he does it all, but maybe this is one that he can put back. You know, he does a lot already. Yeah, that was quite mean, actually. Declan, I'll take it back. You can come on the pod anytime too. <laughs> <laughs> Getting quite the uh, quite the cue, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Patrick just replied, then yeah. it would be fine. Exactly, then we could actually get this moving. <laughs> exactly. You know, Patrick, come on, mate. <laughs> You're holding everyone up, mate. They're, they're ready, you know. Yeah, we're just going to say this every pod until you come on the pod. Yeah. Right? Oh, imagine that. What a glorious day that would be. Do you know he speaks like three or four languages, just to go off on a complete tangent? Really? So he could be, he could do, uh, you know, when we when we branch out, he could do uh, league... Ligue 1, La Liga, Bundesliga. Exactly, yeah, yeah, from the back seat, Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be. That would be something. There, there's something here, Patrick, mate. Look, just. <laughs> let's, let's have a chat. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> um, last point of that game before a break. Henderson had a great game, you know. Yes. The, the sort of comparison of De Gea was unkind to him. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, yeah. mate. Every time, United is drawing me back in to talk about them. I cannot help it. You're obsessed. <laughs> Henderson had a good game for Forest. He did. He did, and it wasn't just the pen. Like his distribution was good. Yeah, it was. It was a stark contrast to Haya, obviously. Um, where do you think? Yeah. Where do you think his future is beyond this loan? Like, I just I struggle to know where he sits. Like, what his My level concern is. is with his latest comments about his time at Man United last year. I just wonder if he's burnt all his bridges there. Yeah, if you rule them out, where do you think he goes? Like, where could he go? What's his level? Is it like is Leicester. it like top six? Top eight? Yeah, I think Leicester. 
I think Leicester. Actually, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Leicester's actually a really good shout. They probably need a goalkeeper. Might be a Leicester, season too late. West Ham, but... Fabianski's getting on a bit now. Mm. So, yeah, I think a top eight club, a top ten club like Brighton, but they've got that Robert Sanchez who's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, but that kind of, definitely is a prem player. And I think he can be quite a progressive, like, goalkeeper in the sense that you can pass out from the back quite comfortably. England number one for the World Cup? It's really hard. He's very similar to Pickford in every way, actually. Yeah. Arguably, Ramsdale's quite similar as well. They're all, they're all of the they're same all, mould, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are all of the same They're profile. all shouty, angry guys, basically. I'm just going to say Ramsdale because you've got to back the team. <laughs> I feel like you could see it. If Arsenal are doing well and Everton are floundering, then... Yeah. But then also, like... Gareth, mate, he's loyal, mate. It's a hard one with goalkeepers because maybe you're actually a better goalkeeper if you face more shots. You are. You, know I mean? you you look better because you have more opportunity to do something. Yeah, good. maybe maybe maybe. Let's say you have like two. Um, oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just thinking like Ramsdale, for example. He didn't have much to do other than two goals against Leicester, and he, and he, he fluffed both of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's always the argument when you buy a relegated keeper or a, a keeper for a team that is in the relegation battle. They they do like twenty saves a match, and they look absolutely insane because if you save twenty things, some of them will be really good. But yeah, it's just by default, isn't it? Yeah, the, the top class goalies have one huge save to make after doing nothing, and they make it. You know. That's yeah, yeah, a bit like Allison last season, where when he was actually called up to it, he would just yeah, he would just save it. Yeah, and it would just it would add to this kind of mystique of not being able to break down the opponent. Exactly. Yeah. No, we'll see. Actually, it's a very competitive one for the yeah, number one spot yeah. at World Cup. I'd say they're all similar level. So interesting. Yeah. Watch this space. Alrighty then, another break, and then when we're back, we'll wrap up the rest. And we're back. Oh, you, you always say that. I was going to do something different. <laughs> Come um, on. We, we planned for this. You had free reign. Yeah, God. I need to have a bit more creative license. I'll think of something next week. Um, yeah, if you're still listening, well done. It's been a long, long pod and we respect it. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're a real one. Because we've just checked the time and, you know, we might have overrun the plan. And we still got four <laughs> games to go. So, yeah. This... You weren't lying when it said it was going to take three hours. We are doubling down. We are doing all the games. They will, these will only get longer. <laughs> Just you wait till Europe starts as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, yeah, guys, please share the pods, subscribe, do all that stuff so we can actually quit our jobs and do this full time because it's taking up way too much time. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, this is a labour of love. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. So what have we got next, Jack? Southampton versus Leeds. Um, okay, okay. It was a good game, this. It was a pretty good game, yeah. I think it was nice. I just think it's nice to see Bamford. I know we trying to get him on the pod, but honestly, I didn't realise he was a new captain, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like because he was missing so much of last season, they need a big season from him. Because if he can get back to just banging goals again, then they're going to be absolutely fine, I think. They actually look pretty solid. Like, they don't look as weakened as I thought they would after losing you know two of their best players yeah I mean to add to that I do think I'm pretty sure Bamford had an injury that game I don't yeah oh you're joking Mm, 
But I don't know how serious it is. I haven't read anything further than that. But I know he picked up a little knock or niggle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good to see him back. They need a striker like him. Um, Rodrigo's been kind of carrying it. Who did score, actually? It was a good goal. He scored. Yeah, he's, he's, quite he's got three and two now. So Yeah, yeah. I think he's maybe one of those players that needs a season to adjust to the Prem. Yeah, maybe. well, he was just a, he was a strange signing because he was very expensive. He was like 27 mil. I think he was 29 he was years rated, old. He's rated, though. He's rated. Never been a crazy goal scorer, you know. He's kind of a bit of everything. Yeah. And then yeah. he didn't really play that much under Bielsa. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a starting position, like, locked down. No, I so, think he's a confidence player as well. He yeah, maybe, trust from the maybe we're going to see the best of him this season. Or certainly more of him. Yeah. You'd have to say that Leeds threw this one away um, from 2-0 up at half-time. Yeah, yeah, they did. And that's got to be a concern for them because, you know, these are like relegation rivals potentially. And, you know, if you're 2-0 up at half-time, you need to see the game out because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't know how many opportunities you're going to have to be 2-0 up at half-time across the entire season. So No, no. And like, as you say, teams like Southampton, if you're 2-0 up against them, you've got to put them away. The kind of game is that will come back to haunt you at the end of the uh, end of the season, like you say. So, yeah. But then also credit Southampton. Ralph must have had one hell of a half-time talk because he yeah. pulled that back. Yeah, they um, came out a different team. Like He really riled them up. Um I assume there's some sort of changes. I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what he changed, but he he brought in a couple of substitutions, like some of the sort of younger players. Um, Joe Rebo was really good when he came on, scored the goal yes. as well. So yes. something to keep an eye on. Um, but again, looking at it in the reverse, Leeds at home, like they should be looking at this and thinking we need to get three points from this game. So to be 2-0 down at half time is is bad. Like, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said it from the start. There is a, there's a bit of a worry for them this year. Um, I just don't know if their team's looking that competitive. I don't know if the improvements they've made are like major improvements bar Joe Rebo. Yeah, I think it's just a wildcard element. We don't know how good a lot of these young players are because they haven't really got a lot of senior mm. games. You know, some of them could be excellent. We have no idea. Like no, no, they're doing a Southampton again, which yeah. is going for a like, certain profile. But Livermento was unreal, and we'd never heard of him. And after about ten games, we were like, "Okay, this guy's unreal." So that good. that could easily happen again with some of these. We don't know. I like Southampton as a team, and I'm really happy for them to stay up. I just think they're a bit lightweight. They're very lightweight. They don't seem to have much money to spend, or. They don't seem to have much pull as they used to either, somehow. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's the pull factor. I don't really don't know, know why that is. The same sort of prospects that they did. Or are we looking at with rose tinted glasses? Were they even prospects when they were signed back in the day in like 2013, 2014? But people like Van Dyke, yeah. Know, that's more than just a prospect. He was pretty established when they, at, the, at the time of them signing him. Yeah, like we had heard of him. And yeah. 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 He, looks, he looks a good player. I don't know. I mean, I think Southampton look light on quality, but they have James Ward-Prowse, who is probably going to be the difference between them staying up or going down. If he gets injured, then I think they're down. Yeah, he's the kind of experience in the middle. I do think, as a captain, he probably... Yeah, he influences the games for Southampton more than, say, another captain at a different club, just Mm -hmm. because of his quality and because of how long he's been at the club. Yeah. Yeah, he he seems to just be getting better and better every season. Um, I could see him being like a Milner, just carrying on to his late 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. 
He yeah. he needs to take the record for the most free kicks scored. Like he's not far away now. He's within touching distance, and yeah, that's a record oh. he needs. You know. Oh, I love his celebration of the golf swing as well. It's yeah, so that's really <laughs> it's good. Quality that celebration. Speaking yeah. of uh, golf or sports, Hassan Hootel. I like him in a tracksuit. I like him in sportswear. I don't like him in his funeral or like whatever suit he was no, wearing. No, didn't, didn't he's a like tracksuit manager. No, did, yeah, he's a tracksuit manager, and I don't know why he tried to wear that weird get-up he wore last week. Yeah, he looks um, much better and much more natural as a tracksuit manager. Maybe it was the suit at Tottenham that you know threw him off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, he's, don't ever put the suit back on, Ralph. Please no. spare us. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he's just he's just that mould, isn't it? I'm a bit worried about Ralph. I think he could be one of the first to go if things don't improve for them. I think if you've survived losing 9-0 twice, you're probably fine. <laughs> that is true. That is true. If you were going to get sacked, it was there. That is true. And they have stuck with him. And they're still on the Prem, so maybe I'm being a bit harsher. Yeah. I don't think the expectations are wildly high for him. No. And what do we think of, of Jesse Marsh slash Leeds' new style? Could you call it a new style? It's quite similar to Bielsa, isn't it? Seems really? like a continuation. I think they've just... It's almost like a a less purist version because I feel like Bielsa's was just... There was a purity to it. Like, we're doing this. We're doing mm. it by the book. We're doing mm. the press. We're doing man marking. We're doing everything. We will not deviate. We will not accommodate who we're playing. Yeah, yeah. That's and true, I think with true. Jesse Marsh, he's like, so these work well, but we, we do this because this is going to work better in this game. Yeah. So... He's a bit more flexible, isn't he? Yeah. So, you know what? It's probably a pretty good hire, actually. There's a continuation that seems actually quite logical. Yeah, I don't think they've lost their identity by changing manager as much as, say, a different manager would. Um, and like people like Brendan Aronson, they look really good yesterday. I think it's a great signing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I, I think Leeds will be all right this year. Yeah, me too. I wasn't sure about them, but yeah, so far, they've been pretty impressive. Very like direct, very aggressive. Mm. Just what you expect mm. from Leeds. Yeah, yeah. I'd say you're probably right, like a watered down version of Bielsa's Leeds with more rotation. Yeah, Shop. it's gonna it's gonna work well for them because if they've got supreme fitness already, a bit of rotation keeps things interesting. Mm. Mm. So yeah, nice. two, two, fair result. Yeah, but benefits no one. Benefits no one. <laughs> um, Brighton Newcastle. So drab. Yeah, not the most exciting game. Newcastle, maybe not the most exciting team this season, but very, very effective, you know. Haven't conceded a goal yet. No, no, I think it's a great mark of teams. You know, if you're not going to score, at least be hard to beat. Exactly, you know, they, so, they that, so pretty good. Um, I'd, take a, I'd take a draw at the Amex against Brighton on current form, you know, even for Arsenal, I, for example. Yeah, so. I don't think it's a bad result. I think the general rule is you don't lose away and you win your home games. That's that's the sort of model. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. It's just it's just unfortunate for us because there's just not a lot to talk about, otherwise. No, um, I mean, main talking point for me, they Newcastle had their fourth kit because they all clashed, and I thought their fourth <laughs> kit was a massive clash. So I don't really understand what that was about <laughs> because they were wearing blue, and Brighton were wearing blue and white. Like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. You'd think the green... Oh, no, green and white. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do black and white. What's their second kit? Do you know? Isn't it green? Oh, the horrible lime green colour. Yeah. Wouldn't that have made more sense? Maybe, like maybe we're wrong. Sense. I don't know. I just thought the fourth kit made no sense. Especially if they've just... Intru- have they just introduced it for one game? Does it even exist? 
I was about to say, does a, does a fourth kit exist? Yeah, couldn't they have just worn red or like, I don't know. It was yeah. just weird to go That's through the hassle weird, of having the fourth kit and then it be basically, <laughs> you know, a match still. Maybe that contributed to the, the drabness of the match. Yeah, no one could actually tell who yeah. was on their team. Um, um, I thought Brighton played really well. Um, we talked last week about how Newcastle's midfield is actually very strong um, mm-hmm. on paper. But I thought Brighton won that battle. I thought they dominated them. They pressed Gimresh, like, high. And, yeah, as a unit, they were really, really, like, cohesive and really, really good, actually. Like, surprisingly good. Because on paper, you assume that Newcastle are just going to dominate possession but it was the opposite yeah and it's nice to see Lallana doing well right now honestly just a really impressive team aren't they like it's, it's just, just like how well organised they are and the system that they implement yeah you know, like, they can go toe to toe with some confidence I mean who's their, who's their midfield they've got Lallana in that advanced position and then they've got Calcedo, but he came on Calcedo, they had uh, Calcedo, Calcedo. they've got Trossard who now Oh uh, yeah, McAllister. Good. Yeah, it's just like it feels. And Pascal Gross is sometimes a midfielder. Pascal Gross. Can we actually uh, appreciate McAllister? We want to talk to you about this guy. It's Argentinian, and his name's McAllister. I know. That is football manager regen stuff. That that's crazy. But it's like McAllister. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like a like an interpretation of McAllister. Like, yeah. I just thought that's that's super cool. That's super cool. And he's ginger. So yeah, there's there's a story there. He definitely could play. For Scotland, I reckon. I think like, like a great grandfather or something. I think there's like a, yeah, I think it's either Ireland or Scotland. There was a great grandfather. It's just, it's just funny. It's yeah, just, don't really see that, do you? So, no, no, no. Yeah, he's my new favourite Brighton midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good game. I thought Nick Pope had a really good game. Um, yeah, yeah. That's credit where she had a really good he game. Should be I feel like he's been hard done by in terms of England goalkeeper stakes. Yeah. He should be up there. Stylistically, he's not a good fit, you know. He... Well, what do you mean? Like, we play five at the back. We don't play out from the back for England. So he'd be perfect. Oh, no, we, we do play out and then we panic and then we hoof it. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, just cut cut the dross. Just yeah. put Pope into. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he's he's a bloody good shot stopper, isn't he? He is. He's a really good goalie. It's a really good pick-up um, from Newcastle, actually. Because yeah, like, Dubravka was a good goalie, but Nick Pope is... The next level, they just, they're doing it right, aren't they? They see good players who can improve them, and then they get them at reasonable prices. Yeah. It's all a bit too sensible for a team this rich, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, but I'm here for it actually, and I think yeah, but like you know, give us a little bit of fun, like I know where's the Robinho type transfer? Honestly, Neymar, yeah, just hundred mil Neymar, just do it, yeah, just do it. Why haven't Why haven't they got their bollocks out yet? It's weird. It'd be yeah. great for the brand, you know. Do you know how many new fans would turn up around the world if they just went? Even if they didn't get him, just a bid. Yeah, but then I guess in true sport-washing fashion, mm. <laughs> they're trying to build an ethical and financially stable model. Oh, you've cottoned onto them. It was winning me over, man. No, exactly. You know, it's, it's working. It's working. You know, they're kind of coming under the... There's not this kind of... I don't know, like, I look at the takeover and I know it's funded by the Saudi state, yeah, you, it's hard, like you say, to dislike it, because it all just seems pretty reasonable, and, mm. you know, like, they're living within their means, they're just improving the club, and, yeah, annoying, annoying, but well done, Newcastle. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's good, fault. like, never been a better time to be a Newcastle fan. Um, 
both teams, a bit light on goals, but they're they're just solid. I think they'll both be fine. Don't see any issues for either of them. Yeah. Top half finishes for both, I say. Top half finishes for both. Very sensible take, and I agree. Um, little caveat on Nick Pope being good. Brighton, not not great at scoring goals. Not much cutting edge. I feel like their shots always give goalkeepers a chance. You know, they're not yeah. they're not right in the corner. They're not like as you know, they give him a half chance to save them. And better finishers would just they would eliminate that possibility. They could just do it for striker, like we said. Just Danny a Ings, mate. Danny Ings yeah. and Brighton would elevate them to a top eight side. Again, a very sensible transfer that won't happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, final point, Mitoma. Never heard of him, but so Hugh and I, this this you know this is some behind the scenes stuff. We're actually half Malaysian, so whenever there's an Asian player, we take a very keen interest because they're very few and far between. And so this Matoma, I need to know more about him. And I saw that he went on loan last season, um, having been bought by Brighton in 2020. And he's now back. And it, I guess this is just Brighton doing their amazing planning for the future. You know, buy him, let him get used to Europe for a season and kind of acclimatise and bring him back. And it's like, he's like 25 now. Um, and he looks pretty handy, pretty tricky. Oh, I'll be honest, I, I, I didn't even see this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you! Come on, man! <laughs> I just love the big spiel that he done the nationality brought in. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> oh, my God. So he's a Japanese player. Go talk to me, Jack. You obviously know a bit more than me. So Mate, I've, I've just I've regurgitated everything I know about him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that segue. Right, let's have a quick look. Plays as a winger. When did he sign then? Two thousand twenty-one. Okay. Well, hey, first appearance. Let's watch that space. That's I what do, I'm saying. We do have a penchant for a hard-working Asian player in the Prem. Yeah. Um, Park Ji-sun comes to mind. The ultimate. What I'm really waiting for is like the really hard bastard, you know, like Roy Keane, but he's Asian and he comes in and he's just an absolute chopper. I just don't know if that will ever exist. But that's why I want it to, you know. No, no. Break Tommy the Yassi... stereotype. Break, break the wall. Nah, Tommy Yassi's too nice. He's a big lad, but he's just not a chopper. Yeah. Like, he hasn't got that, that, that murderous touch. That's, that's what I'm looking for, really. I'm looking for Granite Xhaka, but Asian, basically. That's what I'm God. hoping to see. I don't think the world's ready for such a person yet. Can you I imagine? It would. Oh, I'd be amazing, though. His marketing oh. would be unreal. It's like the bad boy of football. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably just stop supporting Arsenal and just support that player. 100%. Yeah. The the Asian chop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to our last game. If you're still with us, you Guys, we made it. We made it. It's only been... Oh, we're coming up to two hours. Bloody hell. Okay, let's let's wrap this up. Wolves Fulham. Uh, I don't have lots to say on this. I'm going to talk about the things I do have to say. Guedes. Goncalo Guedes. He's really good at football. That mm-hmm. was a really, like, quite an expensive signing and a very good signing. Mm-hmm. On all of the games where it's football, he becomes really good. So I feel like Wolves have signed yes. a player who is potentially, like, world-class, is, is the general hot take I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think from what I've seen and from what I've heard and what, you know... Prior to the signing, like, it should be an exciting signing for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened in football. Fabio Silva comes to mind. Mm, that's true. But 
I feel like this guy's a lot more proven. He's you know he's a good mm. age. He had a really good season at Valencia last season. He's good. This this is like Wolves doing that thing again where they're signing like players that are. You know, they're not Champions League players, but because they're Portuguese, they just get the link, you know? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Jorge Mendes is also his... his <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to check that fact. I think we can say that. We can say that of our chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'd say, yeah, he's on par with Ruben Neves in terms of quality. Yeah. Or he could be. Yeah. Know? So Really good signing. A good signing for them. A good signing for them. But the game itself... Oh, guys. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week, Wolves, not very clinical... No. And you know, Gredes will help with that, but I still think they need they need one more. I did actually write in my notes too late to move for Ings. So at this point, I should come clean. I might be Danny Ings' agent. I'm going to confess. I actually represent <laughs> Ings. I've been touting him for every team, but I just I think he should move to Wolves or I'm Chelsea good. or Man United or Bright. Just just move, mate. You're you're too good to be a rotation striker. Hmm. Mm. I love how you're just offering Danny Ings to like every club. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there, there's a dearth of really good goal scorers in general. Yeah, guys, if you haven't picked up, I think Jack's a big fan of Danny Ings. I just don't know if you agree with me there. There's obviously unfinished business from his Liverpool time. You know, I just, I just <laughs> want to see him do well. Just say it. Just say Ings to Liverpool. Start Please, the movement. Yeah, we need goals. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> We've got nothing left. We've got nothing left. Um, But yeah, I mean, Ings could slot in anywhere in this league, it seems. There's no ceiling to Danny Ings, mate. No, no. But again, yeah, you're right, though. Wolves do need a striker. I think Raul Jimenez needs some support. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's weird. Going into the season, there are definitely some teams where you think they're lacking a real striker. Most Maybe of them, this is the return of the big man, like we said before. There's just not that many good goal scorers anymore because they have to do so much more as a striker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. What you class as a top striker in the Prem, I think, yeah, you know, they need to be good at all aspects of the game. Like, Skamaka, going back to the West Ham game, it just yeah. looks like he's going to struggle, doesn't he? Um, I, w- I wouldn't like to say, I wouldn't like to give any hot takes on things unless, you know, okay. I feel confident about yeah. them. But, but, I mean, he's he's come off the back of a 30 mil signing... Mm. Highly rated last year in Syria, but again, you know that, as you say, maybe being a top class striker in the Premier is not just about a certain aspect of, you know, goal scoring. Um, it's it's everything, and maybe yeah, that's what that's that's why there's a real dearth for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think honestly, the majority of teams in England could do with an actual goal scoring striker. There's not a lot of them. There's very few teams who have that position locked down. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, agree. And if they do have it locked down, it's just one you know, big striker. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of teams that have it locked down, Mitrovic, I think Fulham have got a lockdown, but he got a little bit heated, didn't he? To be expected, right? Yeah. Well, this is the <laughs> other side of this game, isn't that. it? Yeah. You, you either channel it like against Liverpool into like some sort of masterclass, or you wind him up and then he channels it internally and just gets really annoyed. Yeah, I think he's really got to have a watch on that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some nice things were said about him after Liverpool, like you say, and this is what his third season in the Prem yeah. to really prove himself. Like, you know, he's got to cut that kind of side out of his game now. Just focus on scoring goals. Yeah, and I think other teams will watch that, and as you say, be like, well, let's just wind him up. Yeah, because yeah, his penalty wasn't good, and you know, after that, his head was gone, absolutely yeah. gone. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I think Fulham are much more Premier League ready than they were last time, and I think Wolves will be fine. I think Wolves are the best team overall. Probably should have won. 
Yeah. And it's a little disappointing for them because you play like a, you know, someone in the relegation fight at home. Again, that's two points dropped. Two points dropped, I think, is the only way you can view it. And a point gained for Fulham, who, yeah, you know, have a much more positive start than last time. Yeah, mate, Um, level with us after two games. What do you think about William to Fulham, by the way, if the rumours are to be believed? This would be so Fulham and so bad. <laughs> you think, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have high hopes for it, should it go through? Um, they they definitely just, shouldn't do it. He just loves West London. He just wants to come back to London. It's not about Fulham for me. Well, that's fine, but, you know, not, not at Fulham, <laughs> you know. He can be, like, a part-timer, like Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird one, that. Weird one, especially after considering that last season at Arsenal where it was like, what happened to William? So he's yeah, so good. He, I think he got, I think he got one goal since he moved to Brazil. Yeah, he's actually he did the same thing. He did the same thing. his contract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So warning signs are there, Fulham fans, but it does look like it's happening. Don't do it, Fulham. You'll regret it. You're going down that same path again. You know where you've got Ryan Babel and Scherler, and you just, you just lost your head. Oh, I don't know. We love Ryan Babel, don't we? Yeah, but he's not actually that good. I, I do like him, but he's not actually that good. And Willian is so past it. Willian is Willian's on the beach. Yeah, I do wonder what's happened to Willian. Like, he really didn't want to leave Chelsea, it seems. No, just could not be bothered with it after that. <laughs> no, so... But, hey-ho, I reckon Fulham might have a chance of staying up, you know. Yeah, I agree. If they continue this form, I think that they're going to they're gonna have a chance. More of a chance than they have in the previous seasons where they've come up and just gone straight down, right? So. Yeah, unless they buy Willian and then they buy someone else just... Foolish. Yeah, yeah. They might buy William and like Fabregas and just say, "Yeah, fuck it." Who knows? Well, that was an absolute slog. Like this Premier League season will be. Um, mm. I think it's a good time to stop. It's probably a good time to stop at half an hour ago, realistically. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it um, is what it is. Credit to anyone who made it through the whole way. I think we are literally touching on two hours, which is definitely not what we were anticipating when we started. No. We somehow need to condense this, but without cutting out matches. I don't know. We'll think about it. Maybe we'll do two. Yeah. I mean, once we actually have a listener base, you can tell us where we're going wrong and what yeah. we want to listen to. Yeah. We'll um, make it a full democracy. You know, you don't want to hear yeah. about Man United anymore. Just cut it out. Cut it yeah. out. Yeah. Cut it out. Do you want to hear about the nil-nils? Cut it out. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Let's engage with us. Give us streams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, Pleasure as always. And we will have a second pod this week all about Man United. Yes, so I know you're waiting with bated breath. We'll get that one out as soon as possible. And yeah, thank you for listening. See you soon.